Did you know that I wear my nostalgic sunglasses at night? So I think the kids get sloppy jokes. If you were smart like me, you... If you were smart like I, you would have said it properly. (laughs) I call bullshit. The toilet was covered with a little rug. Okay, that makes no sense whatsoever. Starts 1963, ends about 1982. Spoiler alert, Godot doesn't show up. (laughs) So... Welcome, people. Welcome, animals. Welcome, creatures of all kinds, to another edition, another episode, another segment, another story of Smart Drivel. I'm your co-host, Kurt Schneider. And I'm your other co-host, John Ellenthal. And I'm wondering how many animal listeners we have. Kurt, do you have an animal spirit name? (laughs) Not an animal spirit name, but I have an animal spirit. What is your animal spirit, Kurt? The lovely panda bear. And how did you acquire this name, the lovely panda bear? Someone gave it to me, and apparently his name is Milo. Oh, there was a Milo from, was it the Phantom Toll Booth? Was that, was that a Milo? I don't know. Funny I, you should talk about I the Phantom. It. I know, I'm going to ask you. Funny you should talk about that. I want to hear what yours is. I think my animal spirit is wise King Salmon. <laughs> I don't know where I got that, but I do have that. At least you can eat mine. Yeah. What is yours again? I don't know. I said panda because that's what came. You cannot be eating panda bears. They will be eating you. Probably. So for today's episode, John, we're going to, well, here's what happened. In the mail the other day, I got an invitation. Actually, someone called us. It must be the 1970s if you got an invitation in the mail. Funny you should say that. Because that's what happened. I got an invitation in the mail, and you and I were invited to a dinner party. The catch is the dinner party is in the 1970s. We are going to roll up to this great split ranch house, and we're going to go in, and we're going to talk about what we're seeing, what we're eating, what we're listening to, what we're feeling, what we're dancing to, how many games of Twister we play on the shag carpeting in the back new rec room. Oh, yeah. I would think there's a pretty small overlap between your typical family house in the 70s and your typical family house now 50 years later. I bet you there's not a lot in common. Nope. And so we're going to go back to the 70s and we're going to talk about that wonderful time, which with the wonderful benefit of nostalgic sunglasses, we can say it was a wonderful time and it was a more simple time. Did you know that I wear my nostalgic sunglasses at night? Yeah. Can you see? Or is it too bright? So anyway, here's what I'm thinking. We are people that have their kids that have been invited to a potluck supper in the 70s, in the summer. So we walk up to the split level ranch. There's a big screen door we open up. The screen door slammed. Name the song. I have no idea. Thunder Road, for God's sake. Oh, it's a top okay. 10 song of uh, in American rock history. Okay, Bruce. Bruce is playing on the radio, not at the radio, on the record player, or maybe the eight-track tape. By Do the you- way, number one selling eight-track tape, well, it's got to be because everyone had it. What? Carol King Tapestry. I don't think I had that. I did have an eight-track tape player. In fact, I had an eight-track tape player that was like co-branded with Jimmy Walker. From Good Times. 
co-branded? Well, he had it was he was his A track tape player. And it probably said dynamite on it. By the way, Ron just died of Ronco. Ron, Ron Popeil. Said it and forget it. Ron Popeil. He is an all-time great American salesperson and entrepreneur. Ron Popeil. Yeah. He and on TV, which we saw his infomercials back then, and Zamfir playing the pan flute. I don't know what that means. You know, Zamfir, who played the pan flute, where they said he was hauntingly good music, and he sold more records than the Beatles or Elvis Presley combined. Well, that takes us back because we were playing on the stereo. Do you still own any vinyl records or have you gotten rid of all of them? Not only do I have no vinyl records, I have no CDs anymore. I got rid of all of my CDs and forget about tapes in between. I remember driving in the car with one of my sons who was quite young at that point, and Sirius Radio must have been a new thing. And there is a station, Classic Vinyl. And I don't think he had ever seen the word vinyl before, and he wanted to know what vinyl is. (laughs) So speaking about it, when we get into the house, one of the things on one of the tables we see is a vinyl tablecloth. Oh, you know what? That's great. (laughs) So we were living in Queens when I was first born. I have an older brother and my younger brother hadn't yet been born. And my mother made the terrible mistake of leaving the three of us home alone. My father was in charge of us and we had a yellow vinyl dining room tablecloth. Sure you did. And he took out a magic marker and drew a football field on it. And we played with those little paper triangle footballs. And she was pissed. (laughs) I think he thought they were like, you know, the kind of magic marker you could erase. As it turned out, not so much. I think it kind of serves us right for having vinyl tablecloths back then. So we walk into this place and we had, it's a potluck supper. So we're bringing something. Obviously, we're bringing our fondue pot. I was thinking fondue from the moment you, you mentioned the 70s having a dinner party. Is that not the quintessential 1970s food trick? We had a lot of it. It was great. So we're bringing that. There's probably a plastic bottle of Coke on the table, maybe Tab, too. Ooh, Tab went back in that brief shining moment before Coca-Cola replaced Tab with Diet Coke. So you're walking in, and are you tripping on the shag carpet? I'm not only tripping on the shag carpet, but I'm probably finding all sorts of living creatures and perhaps coins and gum. Now, we've talked in the past about, as everyone says, the... Avocado green appliance. Appliance color, right. But what was the other thing in the 70s that they loved? Brown. Brown everything. Brown was a big, I guess we were going through our earth tone period and burnt orange and brown. I guess there was sort of an autumnal vibe going around in the 70s. I don't remember it so much, but I do remember those two features. And something else which was brown was everyone seemed to have like wood paneled walls. Yeah. And you go on the, you watch these shows on HGTV now where, you know, house hunters and you go look in these houses that need work. And there's always a brown wall, wood wall paneling. And then the first thing they do is either rip it down or they paint it white. We had it. We had it when we renovated. In the oh, late you 70s. had it all right. <laughs> Anyone who listens to this podcast knows you grow up, you grew up in a home filled with paneling. <laughs> Just one room, wood paneling everywhere when we renovated in the late 70s. It was on, on all the walls in one room, or perhaps was it a single wall feature wall in one of your no, rooms? No, it was on all of them. It even went underneath the cutout we had in the wall to the pass-through to the kitchen. 
Where did you keep the microwave? Ah, there wasn't a microwave. How did we actually eat popcorn? You know what? In the 1970s at this party, we're having Jiffy Pop. Yes, we are. Because that was the way to get popcorn. So you took your little pan-shaped Jiffy Pop and you'd put it on the burner and you have to keep moving it or it would catch on fire. The mistake with that? What was the mistake with that? The handle they gave you built in yes. was metal. Yeah, it would get hot. <laughs> But it was an inexpensive product. So and I think you had to wear you had to wear like an oven mitt, but you had to keep moving it and watching that little metallic chef hat start to fill up. That was great fun. And then popcorn went through a very dark period when the hot air popcorn popper became a thing. That popcorn is the most tasteless popcorn ever. It's like eating styrofoam. And then Orville came in and saved it for everyone. Orville Redenbacher, or my name is not Orville Redenbacher. Of course, my name is not Orville Redenbacher. So you're coming in there. We're getting a cocktail. We've talked about this in the past one. Maybe we're getting a Harvey Wallbanger. Is that for banging your head on the wood wood paneling (laughs) wall? That's to have your drink and you're wearing your bell bottoms or your corduroy pants. I hope not, because if you have your bell bottoms on, you could very easily trip as you entered or exited the sunken living room. I hope you fall on the on the shag carpet, though, because that will absorb all of your weight. I had red shag carpeting in my room. Was that your choice? I don't know. I also had... What, was it called red room? No, that's, that's murder. Backwards. Yes. But you said you had red shag carpeting, so red Kurt, go to your red room. Red room. Red room. We're talking, of course, of The Shining. Indeed. So we had wallpaper in one room that was, of course, brown and yellow, and it had sort of swirls. And one of the swirl things was sort of metallic, so you could maybe see yourself in it a little bit. Clever. Wallpaper. Come on. Wallpaper was pretty crazy back in the 70s. I recall maybe in the very early 70s, our first house as a family, the dining room, one wall was like mirrors which I guess made the room seem bigger than it was. The other wall was basically a forest print, and it was pretty trippy. I I assume my parents must have done a lot of drugs back then because that would have been a crazy room to get stoned in. Was it Henri Rousseau-esque? Is Henri Rousseau uh, on the French Olympic team? No, he was the painter that painted all these, the paintings of like the jungle cat and all the things with the long sort of jungle leaves and vines and everything no, no he wasn't the guy who did the paintings on tv was he no because no. he i think his name was bob henri rousseau was you know in the early 1900s late late 1800s i know renee russo yes she was in that movie that i saw the other day that i've seen a gazillion times the thomas crown affair so in this party you're in the what are the kids doing that have to watch tv because they don't have much of a choice well i think they're probably sitting close to the TV, both because the yeah with their with their chins <laughs> in their open hands, because I don't think the crispness of the TV screen was quite as good as it is now, nor the production value for that matter. You know, the TV used to be a piece of furniture. Sure? It wasn't like something you plop on the wall or on. You didn't put it on a piece of furniture. It was a piece of furniture and all that wood. So. I think they're all in front of the TV. Funny enough, the TVs now that are these flat screens that people put above their fireplaces, they've become sort of furniture once again. I think they've become more artwork than furniture. Have you ever heard of Henri Rousseau, the painter? (laughs) 
So I think you, you probably had seven or eight kids stuffed under one beanbag chair. Yeah, the beanbag chair. Who didn't have a beanbag chair? Which was also covered in vinyl, I think. I don't know what it was. And, how and they were di- colorful. Yeah, they're always very colorful. I don't think you want a subtle beanbag. What else are we eating? The fondue? Are we having like fondue as the entree or is that more of an appetizer or a chocolate fondue dessert? No, we're having it as the appetizer. Then we're going all out because the host grilled on charcoal London broil. <laughs> Do they even make London broil anymore? That was like the epitome. That was the I top. think it's, isn't it a cut of meat? I don't even know if it still exists. Well, I think someone just needs to make it. But yeah, you know what I would put on London broil? We had this Lowry's brand lemon pepper. Yeah, it's good. As a spice. And I put that all over there. And that was the perfect, at least I thought, to my immature teenage palate. I think the London broil is just for the parents. I think the kids get sloppy joes. I was never a big sloppy joe no? guy. No, why not? I don't know. I guess I it's uh, I don't know, but I have had sloppy joes, so don't be feeling bad for me that right. I missed out on some sort of vital developmental activity. When was the last time you had a sloppy joe? Did you make them for your kids? Yeah, of course. You did? Yes. Why are they so loose? That's and why is that a good idea? Because the idea is that it is it is Different. It looks different. It looks more fun. I know. Why would you take something that is perfectly tasty in its solid form and then just decide to make it all loose and sloppy? Sort of gets me on my rant that I did the other day when I went off on gin and I went off on Bombay and Bombay Sapphire. Bombay. Oh, please, Kurt. Please remind <laughs> us of that. Bombay is great in and of itself. Why do they feel they need to make it better by making Bombay Sapphire? Because sometimes you don't know if you can make better until you take something that's really good and try to make it better. And how are you supposed to know where the limits are until you pass them or cross them? And then back off. Kurt, I have a question for you. Yes. What if everybody in the world did not share your precise tastes? What then? That was the 70s. What if we walked into the same house in the 80s? I don't remember. I don't think I can differentiate between the two. I think we were we were segueing. We went from eight track to tapes. We got answering machines in the house. Oh, answering machines. We had VHS versus beta. We had that for the first time. The fax machine was a big deal in the 80s. We could actually tape to tape things and videotape if you had two of them. I know what happened to me in the 80s, the early 80s. Stuff. I not only got a cassette tape like everybody else, but I got my first metal tape. What is that? It was just a different, it was just a different substance. It looked just like a cassette tape, but metal tapes were like a big deal for a few minutes. I couldn't afford that. So you're, I don't, I don't know that they hoity, were hoity, a luxury item. Exactly. I think your fancy pants with your, how can you write on it? On one side of, you don't write on the tape. Sure you do. That's where the recording is, Kurt. No, you write on the outside or oh, the tape itself was metal. Yes. I thought you meant like the You packaging. thought the cassette was yeah. metal? No, it was the recording substance, the substrate on which the audio tracks were. Don't be using substrate on me. I don't know what that means. On on my on my my first and probably only metal tape, I had Asia on one side. What, by the way, what is with that right now? It's now come back, Asia. My kids think that uh, heat of the moment. What other no, song did no, they I'm have? I'm thinking about Toto. Toto, which is even worse. Oh, Toto because of the Africa oh, song. Oh, my God. Weezer has ruined it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> my other, The other side of my tape was 
men at work. How about that for a tape? Men at work on one side and Asia on the other side. Okay, you were 80. So I. You did ask me to go back to the I 80s, know. right? I skipped all music in the 80s. You can't judge my 1982 behavior with a 2021 frame of mind. I can, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because. If, I call bullshit. If you were smart like me, you, if you were smart like I, you would have said it properly. You would, have, you would have skipped the whole 80s music scene completely. Then you would have missed out on Depeche Mode. Exactly. And, and Duran, Duran Duran. Duran. Yeah. They were a guest last night on Andy Cohen's, whatever his late night talk show was. Duran Duran. Those were some old people. And Wham. They were hungry like the wolf. Yeah. yeah Wham, of course. And of course, there was Millie Vanilli who... Stayed in the headlines by being exposed as lip syncers. So I didn't know them for this reason. Culture Club. I listened to music in you the 70s. You remind me a little bit of Boy George, actually. <laughs> I listened to music in the 70s. Yeah. In the 80s, because I was not in a place around a radio, I was on a college campus with no radio. There were no radios at your college. Well, you didn't listen to them. You listened to your tapes, which were of the 70s and the 60s. And then I moved to New York City. You don't listen to the radio in New York City. You're on the subway. You listen to your Walkman or you go to people's houses where they put tapes on. So I did not listen to any music in the 80s or the 90s. Okay, that makes no sense whatsoever. So you're saying that you were never exposed to to any music for which you or the person you're with was not the programmer. And because of that, you were not exposed to any of the then current music. Except when I went to the clubs, but I didn't really know it. I would go to the WAG, not the WAG club. What the hell was that club we used to go to in New York City all the time? Anyway, I'd the go to- The Tom Tom Club. We'd go to a bunch of clubs and I would dance up a storm, to, I guess, to these 80s music. But... That explains why you've had multiple knee surgeries in the past <laughs> year. And then I would come home and, and quickly forget all about that music. Okay, so you have proffered that you are unfamiliar with 80s music and that you skipped the entire decade. Correct. That's fantastic. Yes. I don't believe you. It's true. You know, I on Peloton now, I do some of those classic rock rides. By the way, I think Peloton needs to do a better de definition of classic rock. The 90s is not classic rock. Well, maybe if you- It's a problem with society. Maybe if you weren't born in the 60s like you, then- 90s might feel kind of classic. Classic rock. You ready? Starts 1963, ends about 1982, because 82 is still really part okay. of the 70s. So at this dinner party in the 70s, uh -huh. what music is playing, Kurt? Well, we probably have some Sonny and Cher going on. Maybe some Roberta Flack. The Carpenters, which was the first concert I ever saw. He's not heavy. She, he's my brother. That was the Hollies. Really? I yes. thought that was the Carpenters. It was a song by the Hollies, which, by the way, Graham Nash was the lead singer of. Another guy who got really old. I just saw him play last week. Oh, that's how I knew. <laughs> I, I knew someone had. Did you say he looked old? He was 79 years old. Well, of but course he, then. His voice I'm was sure he great. looked age appropriate. Buckminster Fuller. He started Fuller Brush. No, he did not. He did not start Fuller Brush? No. Avon? No. He oh. Um, I'm sure I've mentioned this, but my mother probably in the late 60s, was a Fuller Brush lady. Yes. Which led, uh, I think I had some very nice brushes. What were they used for? Well, I think they sold a lot of just sort of home products. But what were, what were the brushes used for? For your suits? Are you unfamiliar with the uses of brushes? Yeah. You might clean the toilet bowl, for example. Oh, so that was you a Fuller Brush? You might brush your hair. See, I think, oh, really? You might, you might groom your pony. 
I, see, that's all I thought it was. I no, thought it was like that. This is this is for home use, not for the stables. I thought it was like the eight inch wooden thing that says Fuller on it, and I didn't I didn't have many uses well, except for like cleaning your suit or like your suede. Do you stool. think it makes sense to have an entire company that you sends want people door stool. to door to sell a single brush? You go door to door to sell a single Bible. <laughs> Got you there, didn't I? Well, I think that. The Bible is, you know. One Bible. You're just selling it. But is their mission to make money or is their mission to spread the gospel? The gospel of Fuller Brushes or Avon. You know, that's where we get all these cults too. The Amway. Full, the, that's why they call it the Fuller Brush effect in modern cult watching. No, they don't. Okay, no, they don't. Is the Bible the best selling book of all time? It probably is. It probably is. I think number two is To Kill a Mockingbird. So, you know, I don't think <laughs> So what about plastic bed covers? Uh, and no. Plastic is that, is, on, on sofas, too. Yeah, I remember my grandparents had their sofas Why? wrapped in. I think it preserved the fabric and ensured that they would never be enjoyed by anybody. Right, exactly. Then you'd sit on them if you're in shorts. Yeah. It's, and then your um, skin sort of sticks. I'm going to buy this thing to enjoy, except I'm going to not enjoy it by covering it in plastic so that I cannot enjoy it for longer. So it's funny you should say that. Thank you. Because you have a good friend who I went to hear speak once, and it's stuck with me ever since. He was in the plane crash into the Hudson River that Sully was piloting. And because he had this near-death experience, he changed a lot of things in his life. And one thing he did, I think we're all guilty of, and he was till he changed. He said, coming out of that, he only keeps, only collects bad wine. What do you mean by that? We all we keep wine someplace in a closet, whatever. And we always, when people come over, do I want that bottle? And you always say, nah, then it's not good enough for them. I'll save it. I'll save it. What are you saving it for? Drink the good wine with your people. What are you saving your couch for? Rip off the plastic. But I think society and humans have this issue of they're always waiting for Godot, right? Ooh, that was an amazing play. Well, I think there is a- Samuel Beckett. Waiting for Godot. Yeah. Absurdist comedy or absurdist writings. Spoiler alert. Godot doesn't show up. <laughs> so what if you are having wine? What if you're having wine and enjoying the fine wine and someone spills it on your couch? Aren't you wishing you had your couch covered well, with that plastic? And the, what you, the way you said it, it might have been an orange. So it'd be okay. Orange you wishing you did? Because back in the 70s, they were orange. Burnt orange was a big deal. So- Anything else come to mind about the typical 1970s American household and how it was uh, appointed? Well, there was macrame in a lot of places. Yes, that we're big into macrame. Also, chairs that would be hanging from the ceiling. And here's a great one, which we all had. The toilet was covered with a oh, little God. rug. Yes, <laughs> that was um, that was a bad moment in. American style, <laughs> having to put a rug cover on your toilet lid. What's that for? And it was usually pink and shaggy. It had no utility. It wasn't like people would sit on it. You know how uh, filthy that thing must have been? Oh, Well, it, it is in a fairly germ infested place. Were they saving the toilet for something? Like well, covering the, the couch in It seems like a natural extension of the couch thing. We moved into a house in the early 70s, mid-70s. My mother did extensive work over the course of three or four or five years, made it really beautiful. With fuller brushes everywhere? Hanging from the ceiling. (laughs) And by then she had left the business. Uh, 
And my aunt, we had a family gathering. My aunt came to visit and she said, do you know what my favorite thing in this house is? And I foolishly said, you know, something like the new kitchen or whatever. And apparently we had a toilet seat that was squishy. Oh, yeah. I remember those. And that was her favorite thing in the house. Even now I have, you know. I remember the squishy toilet seats. Oh, I think that was to sell more toilet paper because you not only needed to wipe your butt, but you needed to wipe behind your thighs too. Well, I also, that's when I got my, my uh, custom of putting toilet paper on the toilet seat. And you still do that at home, don't yeah, you? Not at home, but everywhere else. Yeah. But all we know is we're saying goodbye. We forgot our fondue pot so we can go back the next day. Chocolate fondue. Yes. Cheese fondue. Uh, that's a lot of cheese. We also used to do the what, what they now call hot pots in my house. We would have fondue. We'd have the cheese fondue. And then right next to it was just the hot oil with a cubed London broil or some oh, steak. Oh, you'd cook it right there? Big fork and cook it right in. And then you had a bunch of first aid cream and Band-Aids and gauze <laughs> for people who burn themselves. But it doesn't matter because you were drinking, you know, Schmidt's beer for four fifty a case. Your dad's favorite. Yeah, four fifty a case. Does your dad go to Costco? Because he might enjoy that whole that he, whole he thought did. syndicated yes, across the entire did. inventory. He did like that. Yes. And he'd keep stuff frozen. A lot of frozen food, by the way, back then. RC Cola. Oh, yes. Swanson's Turkey Dinner. And then when you really were hungry, you'd have the hungry man Swanson Turkey Dinner. So we left. We got in our wood paneled side station wagons that we all had. And yes. we had our regular gas and we drove home. Was the wood panel really wood? I normally end each episode by saying that Kurt and I will be back next week with a brand new episode of Smart Drivel. Yes. However, oh. we try not to lie to you, and that is not true. We will not be back next week, but we will be back shortly. Kurt and I are going to take a little break at the end of the summer, and we will rejoin you with a brand new episode the first week of September. For those folks out there, Kurt, who need a Smart Drivel fix before we return, what do you recommend? We have 73 episodes. Go back and start again or pick one out you probably didn't listen to in the mid-30s or mid-50s. They are evergreen, so they never get old. And we hope you'll listen back some of our older episodes. And we look forward to rejoining you in just a few weeks. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.